What is going on, baseball fans? Um, I am back. I am not Jordan Lozowski. Again, um, you know, we've decided that um, I'm better. That's not actually true, but <laughs> I am here instead. Joining me today, we've got uh, James and Callie. How are we doing, y'all? Good. Thank you. Broncos kickoff today. I'm feeling good. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, 20th episode of This Week in Baseball. Also, uh, opening week of uh, the NFL. I'm sure we have our fair share of crossover of NFL uh, baseball uh, fans alike. So, yeah, very exciting. Um, a lot of sports. Sports are starting to really ramp up again. Um, you know, we're getting towards the end of the baseball season, so the playoffs are going to start here soon. Beginning of the NFL and college football season, which is always, you know, fun and exciting. So, yeah, a lot of good times to be had here. Um, so, you know, just like every other week on This Week in Baseball, we'll have our standings update, our round the league, and then our seven-inning stretch, and we'll finish it off with our what to watch for. Um, so, with that being said, let's jump into it. Uh, so, if the season ended today, uh, we'll start in the American League. Um, out East, the Tampa Bay Rays um, would win the East. The Chicago White Sox would win the Central, and the Houston Astros would win the West. Your uh, wild card teams out there are Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. Well, I guess technically the Toronto Blue Jays and the Yankees are tied. Um, so for that second wild card spot. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 see how that um, all plays out there. Um, behind Toronto, you have Oakland and Seattle, both two games back as well. And then in the National League, the Milwaukee Brewers lead the Central. The Atlanta Braves lead the East, and the San Francisco Giants lead the West. The wildcard teams out there are the Los Angeles Dodgers and uh, the San Diego Padres and Cincinnati Reds tied for that second wildcard spot as well. Uh, yeah, so a lot of, you know, most of the season we had no shifting in the playoff picture, and now all of a sudden we've got a lot of, you know, the second wild card spots are very wide open. Um, it's it's really interesting to see as the season dwindles down here, but, hey, it's September baseball, so you'll love to see it. Anything, any comments from either of you about, you know, standings at all? I'd argue that the – First wild card spot is wide open in the American League too, just because Boston's having their COVID issues. On this a uh, unrelated note, get the shot if you can. Uh, so, go get it. But they're having COVID issues, and you're losing players like I don't know Chris Sale, your staff ace. That's not going to help you when the Yankees are right there, when the Blue Jays are right there. And there's the A's and the Mariners close behind. It's a good race, man. It is a good I, I, you know, I kind of forget that, you know, the first wild card isn't 15 games up in the American League. Um, so I uh, kind of like, you know, just forgot about that part. But, yeah, any of those, um, what is it, five teams? Yeah, any combination of those five teams can really take those two wild cards. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out here. Um, but, you know, very exciting. Uh, Cal, you have anything to say about the wild card races? Uh, not or about standings? the wild card races. I I just find it interesting uh, how far ahead the Brewers are of the rest of the Central. I expected it to be a bit more competitive between the Reds and even the Cardinals uh, for the top. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I mean, it it was competitive for a while. 
like there was like maybe like three game lead at any given point. Um, but now they've jumped up to a 13 game lead in the division, which that division's all in that. I mean, that division decided like there's what 20 some games left in the season and you have a 13 game lead. Like you're, I mean, uh, barring a historic, you know, meltdown from the Brewers, which, you know, is inherent. It's possible, but unlikely. Um, I don't think that's going to be changing anytime soon. Um, so yeah, those are the standings updates. We'll see where we are next week, but um, we'll. I mean, it hasn't been a ton of change week to week, but let's see if that's changing because it seems to be the road we uh, are going down currently. All right, moving on to around the league in sixty seconds. Give me your best recap of everything that's gone on this past week, and we'll start with James. Well, there was a no hitter, so. I True. think that's where we need to start. Corbin Burns, eight innings, 14 strikeouts, one walk, dominant. I think he'll be the uh, NL Cy Young winner this year now that he has the no-hitter to his uh, list of accomplishments for this season. And Josh Hader just kind of slammed the door uh, since Burns was at like 115 pitches through eight innings. So that happened. The NL West, that's still a race. Uh, Giants and Dodgers are two and a half games apart. And Giants have a tough schedule coming up. But they were able to cement their lead with uh, wins against the Rockies and Cubbies. And the AL wildcard is heating up as well. Blue Jays swept the Yankees. And the... uh, Yankees are kind of in a tailspin. You love to see it. It's true. You do love to see it. I've, I'll go on record again saying the Yankees deserve absolutely nothing. Anyway, uh, Callie. Uh, I think it's very possible we end up seeing a complete flip of how the wild card, the AL wild card scene has uh, been for the past uh, couple weeks. I, I think it's very possible we see both Boston and New York slide out of the wildcard spots. Boston obviously dealing with their COVID issues. Hopefully everything is resolved quickly. But also, New York's scuffling badly. They went on an eight-game winning, eight winning streak, but like James said, they got swept by Toronto, and they're still on a bit of a skid, even with all the help they got at the trade deadline. Uh. The A's have a bit of a weak schedule coming up. Uh, currently, they're playing Texas. Uh, it's very possible that by next week, we're, uh, Boston and New York are on the outside looking in. Yeah, that's you have really, really good points. Um, there's a very good chance that that wild card is completely different next week or by the end of the season. Personally, I'd love to see Oakland and Seattle get in. Uh, cause that's just fun. And, you know, I, I, I like the A's. I like the Mariners a lot. I hate the Yankees. I'm fine with Boston, but I think it'd be more fun to see the chaos that ensues if Oakland and Seattle get in. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, pretty much a lot of what's going on this week. Not, you know, it's not what we're going to be covering here on our something stretch. So, uh, I guess that's the perfect time to jump right into our something and stretch. Um, I, I'll be honest. I didn't know how to get rid of the, um, this this third one right here, so it's episode twenty because that's the episode we're on. I like uh, it. So, <laughs> thank you. I'm very inventiveness. Thank you. 
And in case anyone forgot what episode we're on, it'll be there the entire time. <laughs> anyway, so seventh inning stretch. Let's dive right in. Inning one, the Blue Jays put on quite the show yesterday against the Orioles, putting up 11 runs in both games of the doubleheader. And in the second game, they put 11 runs up in the seventh inning, which is the last inning of the doubleheader because it's dumb. But yeah, 11 runs in one inning. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit another home run yesterday and actually hit one this morning before recording this. Um, and he currently leads the American League in average RBIs and now is tied with Otani in home runs. Uh, so here's my question Do you think? Vladdy can finish this year with the triple crown, and if he does, does that make him the MVP favorite, or is it still Shohei Otani? And we'll start with James. It's Shohei's to lose, unless he doesn't play for the rest of the year, and Vladdy gets the triple crown. It's Shohei's with the sabermetric voters becoming more popular, they're going to see the value that Shohei has brought to the angels. And I think that eclipses the fact that the angels suck. Uh, if it, if this vote were happening 10 years ago, it would be Vladdy because the blue Jays are actually in a playoff race. Uh, the triple crown that those are numbers that, people are just generally comfortable with, even though there are better sabermetric numbers, but the game has changed. And because of that, I think it's Shohei's award. Callie, what do you got? We've seen this before, haven't we? Uh, A generational angels player going up against a first baseman chasing the triple crown in MVP voting. We all know how that story last ended with, uh, Miguel Cabrera beating out Mike Trout for the award in 2012, but it was still a highly competitive race. What Trout doing uh, was extremely good, don't get me wrong, but what Otani is doing is unprecedented, literally. We have no baseline comparison for Otani. There's been articles written about how he breaks advanced metrics like war because what he's done is incalculable. It's really difficult to see in any way how Otani loses the vote, even if he doesn't play, because what he's done so far this season is simply magical. If he was just a first baseman, he would still be in the MVP uh, award vote. But he's combining that bat with an all-star level pitcher, it's insane. And quite frankly, if it's not unanimous, I think it's absurd. Yeah, I definitely agree with, with that. I think it's Otani's vote to lose, but there's still so much conversation around, oh, can Vladi win the MVP? And I think, granted, Vladi's had a fantastic season. I don't want to take that away from him at all. But like you guys both uh, brought up, Otani's having a generational season. Otani's having a an incredible year that, you know, there's a reason why they can he's continuously, you know, compared to Babe Ruth. Better. So yeah, I also think it's Otani's to lose. Um, but honestly, with the way I know uh James, you said, you know, voters are starting to 
you know, favor the sabermetrics and kind of gravitate towards those a little bit. But I'm not sure if they're gravitating that way enough that if Vladdy wins the triple crown, that it won't go to him. You know what I mean? It should be Otani's, but... If Vladdy wins the triple crown and the Blue Jays are in the playoffs, it's a different conversation about who will actually win it versus who should win it. Right, yeah. I think it's, you know, Otani's the most deserving candidate for the MVP. Like, he should be the most unanimous MVP we've seen in our entire lifetimes, you know. But I'm still not sure it's going to happen. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Only time will tell. But, uh, yeah, so moving on to uh, inning number two. Major League Baseball had its Hall of Fame induction this week with Derek Jeter, Marvin Miller, Ted Simmons, and Larry Walker being inducted. However, this induction took place this past Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. This is obviously a very odd time to hold a ceremony like this as it does not allow many people to watch a ceremony while it happens. Uh, Do you think MLB sees this as a problem? Is this something that hurts the growth of the game? And we'll start with Callie this time. Um, I don't think it's that big of an issue at all, really. I myself, I've never felt the desire to watch any Hall of Fame induction in any sport. Uh, I've never, I can't think of any like particularly memorable Hall of Fame induction moment. I can't remember any quote or speech or whatever. All the Hall of Fame discussion occurs around uh, Hall of Fame voting time, not the induction itself. Uh, even then, uh, most of the highlights of the players and remembrance of those players is happens around the time of the voting and not around when uh, they're actually inducted. Uh, I'm friends with uh, a decent amount of Rockies and Yankees fans, and the day was uh, joyous for them, obviously, but outside of them, I didn't really see anybody talking about it, and I don't think that's the fault of MLB. I just think for a lot of people, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony isn't a big deal. James? If you're growing the game... You shouldn't be focusing on baseball's past. You should be focusing on baseball's future. And in that sense, it doesn't it doesn't really matter when you air the Hall of Fame induction because if your favorite player was Derek Jeter growing up, you're an adult. You're not the you're not the target audience. While you may still be a Yankees fan or a baseball fan, that's great. You might watch that induction, but the MLB doesn't care if you watch it or not. Also, it's typically the Hall of Fame inductions typically done on a weekend. It's just COVID kind of pushed it back to September of this year instead of July of 2020 when... Jeter, Walker, Simmons, and Miller were all supposed to receive this honor. But no, it's about celebrate the Hall of Fame inductions. It's about celebrating great players of the past. The MLB, if it wants to grow the game, should be trying to celebrate 
great players of the present, like Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, for example, and great players of the future, like Juan Soto, Acuna, Tatis. Also, I'd like to add Oral Hershiser should be in the Hall of Fame. That's good, too. Yeah. Um, I originally, you know, when I wrote this question, I originally thought about it like, well, I mean, it's a big deal, and like a lot of other sports make big deals about their Hall of Fame um, inductions. And by that, I think it's mostly me thinking football. Because, like, I think the NBA um, Hall of Fame induction was also this past week. But I'm also not 100% sure, which also kind of proves my point. Like, yeah. I think it's a very, very good point. If you're trying to grow the game, focus on the future, not necessarily the past. Because, you know, yeah, if your favorite player was Derek Jeter or Larry Walker, you are not below the age of 10 years old. Like, that's just a fact. So, I don't know. I would like – and also in the, you know, the day and age of social media, like, if you really want to go watch those speeches, you can go watch them whenever you want. Like, but there are also aren't a ton of people going back and rewatching them anyway um, that aren't, you know, guys who – or people who watched, you know, these players growing up. So I think those are um, all very good points though, bringing up, you know, it's not, it's not for the growth of the game really. It's for the already, the audience you already have. So moving on, Uh, inning number three, the San Diego Padres have been on a major scuffle. They're five and five in the last 10 and have gone 14 and 20 since the start of August. This has opened the door for the second NL wildcard spot as we can almost – it's the Dodgers, the Giants are going to have that first one. We we know that. That's just a fact. Yeah, as of right now, the Padres and the Reds are tied uh, for that second wildcard spot, like mentioned earlier in our um, standings update, um, with the Cardinals two games back, the Phillies two and a half games back, and the Mets four games back. Who is taking this last uh, playoff spot and why? We'll start with James. Well, I don't like the Padres, so it's the Reds. Um, The Dodgers fan doesn't like the Padres. A big shocker, I know. But they're scuffling, like Diego mentioned. Uh, They fired their pitching coach a few weeks ago, and things haven't really improved. Like I guess they went from being playing like the worst team in major league baseball to not doing their best Baltimore Orioles impression every night (laughs) and being average. So I guess that's an improvement, but they still got a bunch of games against the Dodgers and the giants left, including tonight against Max Scherzer. I think they have like 10 against the giants left. I know that. Yeah. And they have another series against the Dodgers at Dodger stadium. So about 13 of their last, like, 21. Yeah, it's a tough – that's tough. That's a tough stretch. Of course, they made it when they thought the Giants wouldn't be good this year, but that's still a tough stretch, even if it's – division rivals are always tough. So I think it's hilarious. I've said that before. I'll say it again. It's hilarious that they're choking. Come at me, Padres fans. I don't care. Don't throw yourselves a parade for beating the Cardinals in the wild card series. Um, <laughs> but as for who will actually be in that wild card spot, it's going to be the Reds. Uh, easy schedule. They've been playing well since the second half of the season. 
Will it mean anything? No, because whoever doesn't win the NL West will just destroy them in the wild card game. But you can uh, you can say, "Hey, we made it to the playoffs," and I don't think that's what the Padres will be saying. Fair, uh, Callie has kind of like a pseudo Padres fan. What do you got? If we're just analyzing these teams on their own basis and metrics, I think the Padres are the best team of the bunch. <laughs> their pitching staff has been decimated by injuries. Uh, Darvish. Um, ah. Who's the guy Darvish. who only throws sliders? There's a lot of them. That doesn't really help. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm at the starter. Uh Anyway, their, their pitching has decimated by injuries, but I think that their offense is just so explosive, especially now that Tatis is back from injury, that I think if we were just analyzing these teams on their quality of roster, I think that the Padres would be the best. But like you guys mentioned, the uh, the difficulty of their upcoming schedule against both the Giants and the Dodgers, two of the best teams in baseball, probably the two best teams in baseball. Uh, it's very much not looking good for them. Looking at the Reds, their offense isn't as good, but they have uh, two amazing starters in Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo, two guys whenever they're on the mound, you can feel confident in your team's chances of getting the win. They also have that great bullpen that I think makes up for the fact that even though their offense isn't as explosive, they still have the firecrackers of Castellanos and Winker. That's enough to, combined with their rotation and bullpen, it's enough to power them to the playoffs. They're the more well-rounded team than the Padres, and as the season uh, comes to an end, I think that's going to be what pushes them over the edge compared to the Padres. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I mean, Castillo has been really bad this year. Like, I don't, he's not or been great. I'd say, you know, um, what's his name? He, uh, Wade Miley has been better than Castillo this year. Um, but either way, I think they do still have two solid starters, and Castillo can show up when in big spots. Like, he's proven that he is a good, high quality starting pitcher, just hasn't had it this year necessarily. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be the Reds as well. Um, I mean, the, the Padres, their schedule is just, I think, too tough. They've got too many difficult games left, and the fact that their morale is, I'd say, pretty low right now. Um, they they just haven't had it over the last month, month and a half. Um, but, I mean, they could very well prove me wrong, like uh, Cali, you were saying. They do have the talent. The talent on that roster is incredible. They just haven't been using it. They haven't really had it shot when they needed to. But I think that can really change the switch at any point. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, I hope it's the Reds as well. I hope it's not the Cardinals um, for the sake of Diamond Digest. And um, anyone who follows any Cardinals fans on Twitter or, any, or knows them in their life. Um, I think it would be interesting to see the Phillies make it. I think they do have an outside chance. And I don't think the Mets have much of it either. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see the Reds. I think that's a fun, fun team as well. Uh, moving on to our fourth inning, inning number four. Here we go. Fact of fiction. Wander Franco's three-inning 
39-game on-base streak most of any AL player under the age of 20. Uh, this is a feat that we will not likely see broken again. Uh, we'll go to Cali. Um, there's a lot of factors, I think, that affect this. None of them are related to actual on-field. I, th- I think it all has to do with rule changes, both in the com- competitive, not not competitive balance, like, uh, uh, the seat collective the bargaining agreement. Yes, collective bargaining agreement, and uh, depending on rule changes for uh, the mound and whatever, I think that if we... I think that if we do see a rule change that moves the mound back or anything else to more balance the game of baseball in favor of the hitter, I think it becomes more likely that this gets broken. Uh, Also, I think that if something um, involving uh, the manipulation of service time is added into the CBA, uh, we're going to see more younger players in the majors uh, which I think increases the amount of players that could break this record. And as I said before, I think if we see a change in rules that make it so that uh, pitchers have less of, advan- of an advantage over batters, it makes it more likely that it gets broken. James, what do you got? I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Fact. Wander Franco's on-base streak will not be broken. Uh, you don't see many players that young. He's only a few months older than me, and he's in the majors. I'm not in the majors. Also, You're in college, he has advanced plate discipline, unlike many players that are his age. So... While we don't see many 20-year-olds in the majors, and we don't see many 20-year-olds who walk as much as they strike out in the majors. So there could be more younger players in the majors, as Callie alluded to, uh, with rule changes on the horizon. But Franco's elite, and unless some young guy has an elite skill set like his plate discipline, I don't think it'll be broken. Yeah, I think um, those are really, really good points. I really, really like the point of the, um, you know, the service time manipulation. I think that's going to have a huge factor uh, moving forward because if, you know, we find ways to avoid the service time manipulation, there's no reason for, you know, um, clubs if they have a 20 year old who is clearly ready for the majors they're gonna they're gonna bring them up because you can help the team and if they're not gaining anything giving down um then they'll they'll be bumped up to the majors and i do also really like the mentioning how um wanders like his plate has been insane his ability to draw walks get hits get on base at all is just incredible to watch um, we got to remember this was like a generational type like uh, prospect as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't know if we see that kind of hype for a prospect again in the next, uh, you know, 30, 40 years um, because the hype surrounding him was insane and he's delivering thus far. And I mean, he, he doesn't have the all time record as Frank Thomas. He's four games shy of that. He does have the AL record, which he broke. Um, I think it was Mickey Mantle, Frank um, Robinson. 
not Frank yeah. Thomas. Yeah, that's what I meant. I don't – yeah, Frank Robinson. Thank you. Uh, Wander yeah. for rookie of the year. We'll see, maybe. I don't know if he hasn't, he's going to have enough, uh, you know, time in the, in the majors for the rookie of the year. Will his rookie eligibility even expire this year? He Wasn't he called? I don't think so. It's already expired. Break? Oh, okay. Oh, is it really? It's 130 plate appearances. Oh, right. Oh, okay. So it expired. I maybe. I, last time I checked his stats, he put up three war. Um, and that was like two weeks ago. So, I mean... <laughs> We'll see right now, unfortunately. But um, I, I mean, he's good for the game. I love watching Wander. Big fan. Big fan. Um, anyway, moving on um, to our uh, next uh, inning, inning number five. So as we all know, the NFL is kicking off this weekend uh, with uh, the Thursday season opener being an absolute thriller, setting the tone for the season. I know this is a website and this is a you know podcast about baseball, but I like to have fun and I'm not Laz, so I'm going to write dumb questions like this one. So give me an NFL player who never got drafted by a baseball team. I want to make sure that's out there. So no picking Kyler Murray. That's mostly what I'm avoiding there. Um, give me a team that you think could help your favorite um, your baseball team, a, a player in the NFL that could help your favorite baseball team. And we're going to start with James. I know Cali doesn't love this question. All right. This question pained me because I do not like this player. I do not like Tyreek Hill. (laughs) I, I cannot stand him for many reasons, which I will not get into on this podcast. But I do not like him. But he is fast. The Dodgers are not fast. <laughs> and when you see the Padres running wild on the base paths against the Dodgers and they don't really do anything about it, well, instead of, I mean, you could put someone at catcher and maybe they're better at throwing runners out. But why not counter speed with speed? Like, Albert Pujols can't run. Let's put Tyree Kill in. Like he's gonna, he, like if he were just in for stealing bases, he could steal forty bases in a season. Terrence Gore type moment. Terrence Gore, he could steal bases. I mean, if Albert Pujols gets on base, oh hey Albert, great job. We're putting Tyreek in. Albert <laughs> wouldn't care. He knows he's not fast. Tyreek Hill zooms to second base. Oh, look, we have a runner who can score on a bloop single. Fastest player in the NFL, Tyreek Hill. Right, uh, Callie. You really want her Washington part two? <laughs> Good. If, if it were me, I would choose Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the A's need pitching. They're running out uh, Paul Blackburn every five, every fifth day. Uh, I was going to choose Patrick Mahomes at first, but I, then I remembered he was drafted by the Tigers. He was drafted. So. I did I did limit you a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure if Aaron Rodgers was drafted. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think Aaron Rodgers ever played baseball. Someone's still, a fact he still got one of the best arms in the NFL, and so I was thinking – 
the ace could probably uh, get some uh, use out of that. Uh, it, it, it's hard because, like, in baseball, such a the main skill set of baseball is so isolated from every other big four sport. Uh, that the general skills needed to succeed in one don't really translate to be to baseball. Uh, so you really have to get creative. And so that's why I went with Rogers. He might not be able to throw a breaking ball, but if he can pump in strikes at a decent speed, hey, let's see if it'll, it'll work. Rogers was not drafted by okay, a baseball team, but he played in high school. Okay. That's so true. pick works. Just wanted to. Yeah. I appreciate the fact checking. Um, but I mean, yeah. Uh, Rogers is an interesting pick just because he's so like old. Um, he's not what a young. What was the first uh, QB I could think of that wasn't Mahomes? I would have thought like Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, as, as I was talking about uh, Rogers, I thought Josh Allen, he's, he's got a strong arm too, and he's more impressive <laughs> than him. Yeah. Either way, though, I mean, I like the idea. Um, both of them. I mean, I think Tyree Kill. I mean, I I hate the guy too. He's a terrible person. But um, yeah, I the for you know speed reasons. It reminds me of Terrence Gore, like the the Ryan Royals when they won the World Series, the off basically relief pitching and speed. Um, it, it can clearly work. And plus, you know, Dodgers aren't exactly a speed demon kind of team. Speed kills, man. Speed kills. And then yeah, I mean pitching. Uh, you, if you're going to pick anyone, pick a guy who can throw a football 80 yards, no problem. So I like the picks. Um, yeah, I don't know who I would pick, honestly, personally. I think I would probably go the same route as uh, James did with a um, a speedster, mostly for, you know, like outfield defense and, um, and just, you know, base stealing. Uh, I don't think I'd pick Hill. I think I want to pick someone a little bit taller. I could be – my original thought was, like, Michael Gallup. Because he's fast and he's tall, put him in the outfield. Like maybe he can rob a home run or two. Because his high points like ridiculous. But um, that's a Cowboys fan, and he's one of my favorite receivers, and very underrated. I NFL. will tolerate the uh, Colorado, the Colorado State yeah. Homer pick. I got I got to see him play like uh, in college. Um, I got to see him play, and I'm like, man, this guy's insane. Like <laughs> this guy's crazy. Uh, anyway, but, um, yeah, you know, I like writing those kind of like fun, dumb ones because the last one write them, but I will I'll write them every now and then, but I just think it's fun. All right. Inning number six, as I realized, I only wrote six questions, but I'll come up with something for the seven. Don't worry. Um, nope. inning number six. Uh, so yesterday Corbin Burns and jo- uh, Josh Hader combined for the ninth no hitter of the year. Uh, this is the most no-hitters in a year in MLB history. Do you think it stays at nine, or do we see another one here with each team having roughly 20 games left to play? And we'll go to Cali. Uh, I don't think so. Um, uh, especially now that uh, uh, the s- sticky substance ban has uh, been put in place, I think it's less likely than ever uh, at this point in the season. Uh, what the one thing that I think really could affect it is now that it's getting colder, uh, balls aren't traveling as far. I think that could affect it, but I think the removal of sticky stuff, which will really cut down on 
swing and misses and strikeouts and uh, weak contact in general. Uh, I think it will. Uh, I think they'll counter each other out, and we'll see a relatively normal rest of the season in terms of no hitters and pitching performances. Uh, James. Uh, I'm also going to say no. Um, the sticky stuff ban was crucial. I also think that the teams with the, with like better pitchers are probably going to be more focused on saving them for the playoffs because you don't want to burn guys out. Uh, so that kind of kills a lot of that like they're not gonna go as deep so if anything it would be like combined no hitters like yesterday yeah like yesterday burns only went that deep because he had a no hitter Mm -hmm. if he allows a hit in like the sixth or seventh he's pulled a lot earlier so if we're not gonna see any solo no hitters the, the combo maybe just because like it could be like a Zach Davies, like, oh, we're gonna go. I'm gonna go six no hit innings, and then we'll just have a bullpen like guy. Cups. Yeah, I cannot believe Zach Davies started a no hitter this year. That guy stinks. He had more walks than strikeouts in that no hitter. I know. Don't get still. me started. But it's a possibility. I don't see it happening, but I also didn't see nine no hitters happening this year. So, yeah, fair points. I think um, I think you're done talking. It seemed like you're done talking, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, nine no hitters is crazy just to think about in one season. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see another one. Some team who's nowhere near the playoffs, like we see, like. Detroit uh, no hitter. We see like a then a Rockies no hitter, something like that. Um, as I speak, I'm just going to go for this now. Apparently, currently there's a no hitter going on in <laughs> Cleveland again. <laughs> yeah, there is. Oh, thank it's Eric Lauer. Oh uh, my god! And it's only five innings so far, but that's yeah. Still, that's kind of funny. Um, Zach Plesac isn't starting, is he? No, he started yesterday. So, so yeah, but yeah, um, I think it'd be fun to see another one, but I wouldn't be surprised either. So I'll throw this question out there as well, just kind of as a fun bonus here. Uh, what was your favorite no-hitter this year, then, of the nine you get to pick from? Because uh, even just for you, this is kind of like not even just kind of talking about at this point. Of the of the nine we've gotten this year, like what's what are, what are y'all's favorite no-hitter from the season? I'll be honest, off the top of my head, I can only think of the, of the Cubs combined. No, well, there's no. the Cubs, the Brewers, Turnbull, right? Yeah, Turnbull. I can only think of of the Cubs, Means. Turnbull, and uh, Miley Brewers, obviously. Yeah, Miley, um, Gilbert, Gilbert, that was a good one. Um, oh man, I just had another one in my head. <laughs> Rondon, Rondon, Rondon had one. Musgrove had one. Musgrove, Miley. Means, Turnbull, uh, Davies, Burns, Gilbert. There was another one. There's one more we're missing here. And I feel like... Was uh, it- Madison oh, Baumgartner um, had a... Kluber, yeah. Baumgartner and... Baumgartner uh, didn't count, though. 
Yeah, there are notable Bumgarner achievements. Bumgarner and the Tampa Bay Rays had notable achievements. Yeah. So of all those no-hitters, and look out the notable achievements. What was, what was y'all's favorite? I think there are some fun ones in there. Wade Miley for the for the what the F factor. For the memes. Yeah. James? I gotta say Joe Musgrove, and here's why. The first article I wrote at Diamond Digest was about Joe Musgrove right after that no-hitter. So I do recall this. I got to go with the homer pick there. Joe Musgrove, I know I hate the Padres, but you're a baller. You helped me get started at this website. So <laughs> you are my favorite. And I picked you over a White Sox player, which is hard to believe. That's fair. I think for me, it's got to be it's got to be Turnbull, just because I remember like because mostly cause Scott predicted that okay. no hitter, and that was just because Scott's just like he's like Spencer Turnbull, he's the biggest Turnbull believer you'll, you'll find, uh, and it he's was to, just he's to Spencer Turnbull what Laz is to Dylan Cease. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so it was like when it happened, I'm like, oh my gosh! I remember the Discord and Twitter blowing up like Scott. God, it happened, and everyone was just like so excited for him. And I remember that was just that was just really fun. It was a really fun time, and like like good for good for you, good for the Tigers. Like it happened, man. What a, what a time! What a time to be alive, man. There's been also been a lot of like pretty close calls this year too, and I, who knows? Maybe by the you know by the time we listen to this, there might have been the tenth already if Lauer and Brewers finish us off. So we'll see. Scherzer's uh, gonna go no hit the Padres tonight. Yeah, it's 3,000. Let me check something real quick. Please do. Yeah, um, yeah, like I mentioned before, I only wrote six questions. Um, so a seventh question that I've just kind of, you know, trying to think of a little bit. And I like this question a little bit here. Uh, so here's our, our seventh inning. Um, so uh, the White Sox and the Brewers have both been criticized for playing in weak divisions. Do you think they'll hold up in the playoffs – and if you had to pick one of those two teams to make it all the way to the World Series, which one are you taking? And I'll let you guys think about that for a second here because I just sprung that on you off the top of my head. Um, so just think, think about it for a minute. That's um, not a last question. Wait a minute. It's not, that's not a last That's actually coming from John. <laughs> so <laughs> shout out John. John Principe, resident Canadian here at Diamond Digest. We have one, as far as I know, we only have one um, person who lives in Canada who works for Diamond Digest. Either way. Okay, I've decided that's enough time. James, what do you got? I don't know what the state of the White Sox uh, pitching is in, but it, I don't think it's good compared to where it was at the beginning of the year, so... Brewers, they've been using six starters for most of the year, and it's working. So I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, I fear the Brewers the most out of any National League team in a seven-game series. So Brewers, if it's not the Dodgers in the representing the National League in the World Series, it's probably the Brewers. Uh, Callie. Freddie Peralta has a career FIP in the low threes, I believe. And he's the third really? best. 
And he's the third best pitcher on the Brewers <laughs> pitching staff behind Woodruff and Burns. Burns is, is he actually of, though? Wait, hold on. This I'm is shocking sure. information to me. Like I would I believe it, but like what? That's crazy. Burns no, has been good his entire career. Yeah, that's crazy to me though. Keep going though. You're you're definitely uh, on the right track. Peralta, Burns, and uh Woodruff uh is a terrifying three to face in uh in a series. Uh, Burns is uh, having one of the greatest uh, seasons of all time, honestly, isn't his FIP in the low twos. Uh, Woodruff is Brandon Woodruff. He is consistently very good. He's He w- would have been the ace had Burns not uh, had this career year. And Freddie Peralta would be an ace on like half of the teams in the league, and he's their third best starting pitcher. They've done all this without uh, without Christian Yelich being Yelich. He's been fine, but not particularly good this year. Uh, Willie Adamas has turned back into an absolute stud in Milwaukee. Uh, their lineup, it's there's not a lot of peaks, but it's there's a consistent level of play there. Uh, there's there's not really one person you can point out and think, oh, well, we, uh, we're we going to pitch around this person to get to him. Uh, there's there's really no weakest link. Uh, it, it's all solid. And while none of it is truly spectacular outside of maybe uh, Adamus, that bullpen and that rotation is terrifying. Yeah, um, <laughs> the Brewers are scary, man. They're they're crazy. They're such a good quality team, pitching wise. And pitching, I I a full fledged believer that pitching is really what gets you like you know far in the regular season in the playoffs. It's why the and, Giants are in first place right now. It is. It is. Their bullpen's been crazy. Their starting pitching was really, really good for a really long time. It's taking a little bit of a hit. Um, injuries have got them kind of bad um, as of late. But still, like it's pitching is the I think the great equalizer in baseball. It's the secret sauce, man. Oh yeah. Like if if you can pitch, like you can neutralize the biggest offensive threats in baseball, like. That's just kind of how it goes. And I think the Brewers are scary in the playoffs. They really are. Not, no discredit to the White Sox either. Uh, the White Sox were my um, AL pick at the beginning of the year, and I still think they would be my AL pick, if not the Rays. Um, but the Brewers, that, that team is just insane. They're so talented. And plus, like um, – Y'all mentioned the six-man rotation that keeps their arms a little bit, you know, fresher, a little bit healthier. So, come playoff time, they can pitch those higher pitch counts, those deeper innings with no issues. And if you can get, you know, the Brewers to the the or the starters can get the bullpen to the seventh, eighth inning. I mean, Josh Hader is going to just shut the door on you, most likely, more likely than not. So, Freddie, uh, yeah. Devin Williams and um, Josh Hader are a good eight nine combo. So, but yeah. Um, also, the Brewers just lost a no hitter, so it's fine. <laughs> anyway, 
so it looks like James, uh, you've taken a victory in this week in baseball this week. Yes. Uh, it was a close one. 64-62. It's a close one. In case you haven't noticed when I host these, I like to give away a lot of points. So we have really high point totals. I think Lazis usually sit around like the 50s. Uh, but mine just sit around the 60s, maybe even 70s. Yeah, that was a good uh, good, good game. Pretty close. A lot of good points brought up. Uh, but yeah, now, uh, you know, kind of moving on to our last bit here, our what to watch for this week, where um, we'll tell you what we're watching, whether that be a player, a storyline, a team, and we'll start with our winner, James. I'm Mike Ted Williams. I'm batting 400 on this podcast. But, uh, what to watch for San Diego. Please don't suck this week. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, Padres giants and that NL West race, man, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Although not for me <laughs> as a Dodgers fan, but you're supposed to win the division by this point. You gotta be like, we're 13 Whoa. games up in the wild card. Like, it's one of those, <laughs> one of these wild card teams does not belong fight, in the wild fight, card. Fight, 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 fight. Even at the Giants were there, you're like, this does not belong still in the wild card. 15 games up. Like, the Giants magic number is three. I thought it was, it was five. It was at the beginning of the day yesterday, and then they won and the Reds lost. So now it's three. <laughs> Uh, Hunter Pence was right. <laughs> What's going wrong. on in the world? Hunter Pence is never wrong. He is always wrong. Never. Just for being a giant, he's always wrong. He was also an Astro. He was also I do somewhere else, I think, Philly. too. Phillies. Philly, yeah. He was an all-star on the Rangers. Like, why? But was that last whatever. year or was that 2019? 19? Yeah. That was a, that was awful, but <laughs> How do you? Hunter Pence is a fantastic person. I'm How a Dodgers fan. <laughs> he was also not a not a giant for his whole career. You can like Hunter Pence. It's okay. I don't like Hunter Pence's opinions on the Giants. <laughs> he, he, Anyone who said before the season the Giants were going to be good, I just immediately disregarded their opinion. <laughs> And to be it, fair, like, it clearly yeah. is uh, it's in my head rent free. I, I got a lot of flack at the beginning of the season for uh, my season preview saying the Giants are going to be a 500 team. Like I got a lot of crap for that. And look where we are saved, now. Should have saved the receipts, man. Oh, I have them. Don't worry. It's uh, also an article that we have out. Like if you yeah. go back and look at the, the Giants season preview on Diamond Digest, I predicted 81 and 81. But in there, I said I wouldn't be surprised if you know they perform a little bit better than that, or and a little bit. Little worse. did I know. <laughs> so, anyway, Callie, uh, what are you watching this week? Uh, well, the uh, Yankees are finishing up a series against the White Sox uh, today, uh, as of this recording. Uh, by the time this gets out, they're going to be playing a three-game series against the Mariners that I think could have major implications on the AL wildcard race. The uh, Yankees obviously in a bit of a skid. Uh, more importantly, the Mariners have become really good recently with some of their late cops like Logan Gilbert, uh, Paul Seawald's amazing. 
uh, Abraham Toro. Uh, they've become really good, and I think that their early season struggles uh, disguise how good of a team they've become recently. That's fair. Yeah, I think um, my original answer was also um, Padres Giants. But also uh, Reds Dodgers, I think, will be interesting because, I mean, if the Reds want to stick around a wild card, they've got to win a couple of those games, probably. So they at least did one beat of them. The Giant, or they did beat the Dodgers uh, twice already this year. Yeah. They're, they're the a quality Do- team. They're a good team. When the Dodgers forgot how to play baseball for <laughs> almost a month. Yeah, that happens. But not to the Giants, team. but yeah, apparently no, I mean they forgot how to play baseball for like a week. And then oh, went, they went week. like two and five for a week. But that was like in the midst of the Dodgers also forgetting how to play baseball. So it didn't really hurt that matter. Way. Every game <laughs> matters. It does. Every game matters from here on out, especially in the NL West. But that's 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 September baseball. That's what makes it so fun. And that's why it's going to be incredibly interesting to see what happens day in and day out and where, where they sit. But, uh, I mean, the Giants can be the first team to officially clinch a playoff spot on Monday. Um, maybe by the time you listen to this, who knows? Actually, never. I mean, if you listen to this right when it comes out, they wouldn't have played that game yet. But if you don't, if you wait, maybe. If you listen to this on Tuesday, maybe they're already in the – I'll well, listen to this sure. in October, so I'll know they will have. <laughs> if you listen to it in October, they'll be there unless if they you're lose. You're listening to this in 2050, and the Giants have relocated to uh, Mars. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what will happen. Uh, anyway, any uh, closing remarks from either of you, James Galley? Anything? Uh, Scherzer's on the mound tonight, and if he gets six strikeouts, he will become the. 19th, I think, pitcher to reach 3,000. So, a little bit of history unfolding, potentially unfolding tonight against a desperate Padres team. Yeah, look for that. Um, look for um, the Diamond Digest uh, graphic on that, too. It's a pretty good one. If you're listening. If you if that happens. The, the graphic when should be on Twitter by that tonight. point. Or, or by the time you're listening to this, tomorrow, yesterday. Um. Sean Manaya might become the first pitcher in A's history to average 10 strikeouts per nine innings. I think that's something to keep an eye on. I like Manaya a lot. I always have. Like, this lost just back and he suddenly become uh, a strikeout pitcher. Yeah. I, I like Manaya. He's got good vibes, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but as a not um, you know full-time A's supporter – I feel like he's got good vibes, though. I could, I, just how I feel. Yeah. Anyway, um, that'll do it for us here. Um, we got the ticker now going at the bottom. Um, you know where to find us, and if you don't, well, I'll tell you where to find us. Uh, we have our website, diamond-digest.com, our Twitter at diamond underscore digest, and our Instagram, diamond.digest. We are incredibly consistent, apparently, when we name our socials. Um but yeah, that'll do it um, for us here. Uh, baseball's incredibly fun. We do have our own personal Twitter handles um, on the screen. James and Kelly pointed to theirs. Uh, mine's also right here, right there. Um, but yeah, follow us if you want to see any content 
I produce a lot of uh, you know, Giants content, as you'd expect. James, the Dodgers, Cali produces a lot of A's and just other random teams every now and then content. Like, I'm from <laughs> like it's, it's pretty... uh, of course I'm going to cover. I'm, of course I'm going to talk about the Razorbacks. Woo pig. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, that'll do it for us here um, for this week in baseball episode twenty from our winner James Cali. Um, I am Diego, and uh, thank you for listening. And as always, go baseball.